Hey, did you know that our podcast is sponsored by Anchor? It's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. First of all, it's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from the phone or computer. Anchor will even distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That's A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M. What's up, Disconnected fam? Welcome to another episode of Disconnected with Catholic.Dad. We're on a packed train. And in this episode, we're going to be talking to some people on this pro-life march, One Life LA, down in LA. We're going to share some experiences, point of views about faith, life, church, and whatever comes along the way. It's just going to be honest conversations to connect generations and situations to not necessarily agree, but definitely be listened to. Again, it's all about leading us closer to God. So keep listening, and in the end of this podcast, we hope you feel like this connected. So I am here on the train to L.A., and I think we are like in Pomona or something. But I'm going to ask a couple of uh, the people on this packed train, like literally packed train, about why they're here. Why are they going to this One Life L.A. March? Or if they're not, why not? So um, a couple of people. Please. Oh, right here. Let's, tell us what your name is, where you're from, and why you're here. Um, I'm Teresa Sanchez. I'm here with my three teenagers and one 20-year-old. We're on our way to L.A. to stand up for the unborn who can't speak up for themselves and to promote life in our society where life is, has very little value, it seems like, most of the time. That's amazing. I mean, this is this is like, how long have you been going? Uh, with my kids and I have been doing walks for life and standing in front of abortion clinics since they were toddlers, honestly, and they're 2018 and 16 now. One Life L.A., this is probably our fourth time. Wow. Thank you very much for sharing that. Thank you. So I am with some youth who are like interviewing people with their water bottle. Now, I think, what's his name? What's his name? Uh, JC. JC. And JC, that stands for Juan Carlos? That's right. That's right. Dude, I just picked that. I just yeah. figured you, you were yeah. either named after a saint or something. No, were you yeah. named after a saint? No, I was named after my dad. Uh, Who's yeah. a saint? No, he's just my dad. <laughs> his dad is not a saint. I am sorry. If you're, if, if you're JC's dad listening out there, you probably are a saint. He just doesn't know it. So... Carlos and friends out here on this packed train. We're packed like sardines. Why are you? Why are you guys here? Well, I'm here for the for the cause of this walk. Obviously, just the whole movement of the importance of life and the dignity of life and the, how, how how much of a beautiful thing it is and how it should be preserved. You know, like the beauty of life should be preserved no matter what cost it comes at. Uh, I think that's like my main reason for going to this walk and supporting it. Can you tell me how old are you? I'm 18 years old. You're 18. How about you guys? How old are you? I'm 18 too. But but here's the thing, you guys aren't teenagers, you guys are actually young adults now, and you guys still go, like some of these people out here are like high school students going with their confirmation class, kind of like sometimes even forced, but you guys are doing this, you know, are you guys like forced, or is this a, a personal conviction that you have, you want to do? For sure, um, I've been going to this walk since like with my family since I started, so it's like a personal, definitely like a personal like, conviction to do, I just really believe the cause and the, the importance of it, so yeah, for sure. For, for some of those people out there who say, you know what, um, it's a personal choice, it's a woman's choice. JC, you're, you're a guy, I mean, what rights do you have to tell a woman that, you know, I can't have an abortion? You know, that's a tough question, actually. Um, I think personally, I just think realizing that, yeah, you know, it's someone's choice, but at the end of the day, that's a life that, um, you know, you, sh- you shouldn't really decide for life itself, you know? Like, life is, a, life is a thing that's a gift from God, and so essentially that's not for one person to decide. Like, even if it's just, like, um, letting, like, the, the, letting yourself give birth and, like, putting it up for adoption, and, like, the, the dignity of life is so important that it shouldn't just be, like, chosen by one person itself, you know? 
So if, if someone is out there who does not quite agree with you and is con contemplating, you know, I got pregnant, not me, I, I know I'm fat, but I'm not pregnant. But if a woman is out there and, and was pregnant, was con contemplating life, what can you say to them right now? I say stay strong and just how your mom like had that love to stay strong and like uh, give birth to you. I think you should just carry it out no matter how much of a burden it is. Uh, the beauty of life is just like, like I said, it's really important. And I think you should just like take it to prayer and, and stay strong and ask God for that strength to continue on with the process and, and give give birth to that child. Awesome. Well, thank you for sharing, JC. Where are you guys from? Uh, from Montclair. No, from Chino. Our Lady of Guadalupe in Chino. Our Lady of Guadalupe in Chino. JC's a little confused. Yeah. But that's Montclair that's in the Inland Empire. So thank you again. Thanks for your time. Appreciate it. Love it. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> So we are here and we're going to interview actually the last couple interviews with, with usually is with young people but Serena is here my co-hostess Serena uh, she's usually screaming but she's going to ask a couple of ladies that she's sitting with a couple of questions Okay so um, would you like to introduce yourself <laughs> Okay so I would like to know how long have you been following the watch how long have you been pro life And you said that, you know, uh, Roe vs. Wade was signed in the 70s, early 70s, 1973. And from then you were fighting. How old were you then? I was um, 30, 32. Now, statistics shows that the majority of the people who was going on this pro-life march, the majority are under the age of 30. So it's like the, the age of Serena and these young people. How do you feel with regards to seeing this bus who's exactly so full of people who are so young? And we, they, they call themselves the pro-life generation. How does that make you feel? with the fact that the Lord is letting these children, these young youngsters take over because so often we just feel like those of us, I'm 79 years old, so often we feel that, you know, those of us who are the older ones are kind of pull everybody along and hope they'll listen, but when we see this, my heart is absolutely Thank you, Jesus. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you, Jesus. So here we are, and actually, you know what? What's crazy is I'm in this train, and I thought it was going to be a bunch of pro-lifers, but we're actually here with people who are actually going to the women's march. It happens exactly the same time as this One Life LA march. So I have a couple of one, two, three, four young people, probably more, but the train is like stopping left and right. And we're rocking back and forth. It's not an earthquake, folks. Don't worry. So we're going to ask a couple of questions like, where are you guys from and why you're here? And tell us about why, where you're going. I'm Addie, I'm from Claremont, I'm Ashley, same place. I'm Sam, also from Claremont. <laughs> I'm uh, Levon, also from the same place. And why are you guys here? Where are you guys going? Um, we're going to the LA Women's March. Um, this is my third year going. 
And I think that it's really important to march for a lot of fundamental rights that women don't have compared to men especially, and just rights over their bodies since a lot of men make those uh, Pretty much same thing Addy said. I just, this is my first year going actually, but I'm really excited to just be with a lot of people who have the same beliefs as me, and also maybe some people who don't have the same beliefs as me. But I think it's just really cool that a lot of different people get to share their beliefs and just wi find other people who they can uh, share. Yeah. And isn't that what's wonderful about this country is people who have different beliefs or different ways of thinking have an opportunity to express themselves. Uh, like we have different ways of going. Some people are going to the pro-life march. Some people are going to the women's march. And we're actually able to express ourselves. And how does that make you feel? That makes me feel great. I think uh, we should have room to kind of interact with each other and learn from each other. Um, yeah. yeah. So in the past, we've gone to, I'm actually going to the, to the pro-life march. In the past where we had people yelling at us, um, and the same thing with you guys when you guys are going to the women's march, some people are yelling at you. So being the young generation, being this generation, how do you feel about when people go about and and um, and start yelling at each other because they, they differ in in um, they differ in the way that they, they believe. And, um, I mean, I think that violence is, isn't the answer, so if it turns into a violent sort of yelling and not as much of a conversation, it's not good. But also, I see, at least from our perspective, why people would be angry. And I mean, for, for, from a standpoint, I can see how people from pro-life um, point of view would be angry at us. But like from my point of view, I feel like I would be angry at them as a woman. Like, if there are especially like men at this pro-life march, I would be angry as a woman because they're making laws towards my body and I feel like I should have control over what happens to me. And I wish I had that young person who was with me who was supposed to be asking the pro-life questions because I have to be the one in the middle. But you said something about it's your body. And most of the questions that come from people who are on the pro-life spectrum say, well, what about the body of that young life? I mean, I don't really believe that that's a living person. I believe it's a couple of cells in someone and that doesn't embody the persona of someone living. And I don't think that that's the same as someone who is a living, breathing person with a conscious. I feel like um, it's good to have both sides of the story because a lot of the time people believe that politics should just be about like one side, the right side, but that's not true because the U.S. politics has always thrived on having two different sides, two arguments. So like it's very good that we have two different sides going to two different marches today. But at the same time, I understand why people are angry, but it's not good to try and shut down someone else's opinion. Um, I think. I don't, I don't agree at all with the pro-life movement, however, I'm glad that people are going out there and trying to um, talk about it, not just trying to um, push something onto society, but if we can have conversations while we're out there, I feel like that would be a good thing. Conversation, and that, and that is the key with the rest of this podcast. It is conversation. So asking that conversation, what is one thing that someone on the pro-life side could say to you that could maybe make you understand what they're com where they're coming from? Um, I think in general I understand where they're coming from. I, I grew up Christian, so like I understand this whole idea about like valuing life, but at the same time I feel like there's nothing that can really change my perspective entirely on the fact that it is my body. If I were, a lot of young women are raped and mm -hmm. they end up having to hold this life sentence where their entire life just changes all of a sudden. And I don't think that's fair to them and if we really want to value life then we should also be valuing the person who's holding the baby. Mm -hmm. um, and I also believe that in the first like moments of life it's not really a baby as much as it is a fetus at that moment. You know, like there are laws making sure that abortion doesn't come too late to the point where they're actually born children and life forms. But um, I feel like, I don't know, a lot of pro-lifers have talked to me before. My entire church has always been pro-life. But um, I don't know, I understand where they're coming from. I understand that some parts of their uh, logic does make sense, but um, I think there's a fundamental difference between what the pro-lifers are saying and what the pro-choice people are saying, and that um, we do have a choice on our body. I don't think that 
like pro-lifers should be forced to have an abortion, but I also don't think that pro-choicers should be forced to carry a baby. And I, I also think that if you're against abortion, that's completely fine and I respect the use for that. Then you don't have an abortion, but when you start pushing other women to not have abortions, that's when I have an issue with it because you're imposing your views onto someone else's body that you don't have the right to. And I think that's that's good. We're having a conversation. And I think this conversation can continue. And uh, maybe one day you guys will sit down with some other youth who are pro-life and have that discussion. And then maybe you guys can have that discussion future podcast, maybe? We have a silent two men over here. So thank you so much for sharing your views and point of views. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right, so here we are, and we're still on that train, really crowded, but here's a little something special. So this Connected with Catholic.Dad is actually at the plaza right here at Pro-Life March here in Los Angeles. So we're going to interview, actually I saw a sign here, it says St. JP2 Theology of the Body Youth Group. And we have their leaders here, going to tell us a little bit something about who they are, what's with the name and why they're here and how long they've been doing this. And actually I think one of you guys said that you guys are actually going to the LA one and you're also going to the San Francisco Pro-Life March. It's amazing. So tell us who you are and why you guys are here. Hi, uh, this is the Theology of the Body Youth Group, and we're pro-life. Um, Theology of the Body focuses on John Paul II's teaching on marriage and um, children and how much of a blessing they are. So our youth group um, likes to educate young people on the importance of life um, and how sacred it is in today's day and age especially. And where, and where are you guys from? We're from Bakersfield, California. Bakersfield, that's like, that's a long drive. Like two hours out from here, yeah. And so how many of you guys uh, actually are here together? Uh, about a hundred of us are here today. Um, we've been doing this for quite a while. It's our fifth year with the youth group doing it. Um, uh, but we've also been doing it as a family uh, for a while. So, yeah. And it's amazing that, that most of these things are pro-life. It's family run. And then that's really this family, you know, it's probably your dad or some of your family got you into youth group and now you're taking over. Is that how it goes for you? Uh, yeah, so I've been coming to the Walk for Life for a while with my family and then when they got in charge of the youth group, then we started going as groups. And um, our bus always fills up. Um, the theology of the body youth group, we always get our own bus with like 50 plus people coming from our group. Um, so yeah, so I'll be taking over the group. spoke to someone on the train coming over here from San Bernardino and they were going to the women's march and they were very much about it's my body it's my right 
What do you have to say to someone, young women like you, who are going to the pro, to the women's march instead of the pro-life march? What can you say to a woman who says, it's my right, it's my body? We're all about choices uh, to the point where it comes to killing another human being. So that's, someone, that's something that you shouldn't have the choice over, to um, kill an innocent human being in the world. So that's why I'm marching um, for the innocent human beings to have no one to defend them that are in the womb, um, the safest place on earth that it should be. Um, and it's now being attacked by um, people that are pushing an agenda saying that they don't matter and that they are So we're in the plaza and I actually found the people I was looking for, we found Vox. And these young people are actually going to this march, they're actually going to the other march in San Francisco, and they're very pro-life in this organization. So I want you guys to introduce yourself and tell me why you're here and why you're so passionate about pro-life, about what is it? For the people who are listening to this podcast who absolutely don't know, and people who feel that a baby is a clump of cells and it's a woman's right and woman's choice, tell us why. What can you say to someone out there who says, it's my right, it's my choice? Hi, I'm here fighting for the pro-life movement because I believe the baby is a human and has its own genetic makeup, and that makes it a human, and it would not be right to kill that baby. And I'm also fighting for the women because abortion causes a lot of regret and depression in a woman and can really harm them. So I want to make sure the woman is safe as well and the baby. That's really great. What, how about you? What do you have to say to some people out there who might not be pro-life, who might be pro-choice, and they're just not connecting with you, with what you guys are saying? Well, I don't think what people realize is that a baby in a womb is its own person. It has a heartbeat. It has new DNA. It is truly another human. And once you have made the choice to create that baby, because everyone knows the consequences, it's not your choice anymore because it's not your body. It's another body. It's a fully formed human person with new body parts and a new soul. And that is something that, it's a truth and it's a scientific fact. That's true, but what about those people who say, well, what about someone who's raped? What about that? that or, or the product of incest? They didn't have that choice. They were violated, and what happens is I get reviolated, the woman gets reviolated because of, of that situation. So, really, um, in the unlikely chance that it does happen, obviously it is awful that it happened to that woman, and you want to sympathize with her because it's just it's awful and it'll ruin her emotionally. But it's not going to give her any healing to get rid of that baby because that is her own flesh and blood. That is her child, her offspring. And that's what fetus means, actually, in Latin, is offspring. It's her, it's her baby. And getting rid of it won't do her any good. That's, I'm getting a lot of education. But here, a lot of times people say, I'm, I'm, I'm Catholic, not dad. Obviously, I'm a dad. I'm male. And people say, you know what, for a man, you have nothing to say. And, and it's kind of like, you're not a woman, you would never experience what I experienced. So, as a person here, um, your name is Jose, and you're the only guy here. I mean, what does that feel for you when someone says, you have nothing to say to me, you're a guy? You know what, when I went to a box over the summer, um, I asked the same question to uh, Father Pabon, he's very uh, pro-life, he's an advocate. And um, his response was pretty simple, and it's that not just because um, you're directly um, affected by this, like per se, the premise is that men are not directly affected by this. So people try to insinuate that because males are not directly affected by this, that they don't carry babies in their womb, that it's not their place to say anything about no. a woman's choice. But it takes, uh, if I'm not wrong, it takes two to make a baby, and it is everybody's choice. It's everybody's Very good. problem. Very good. Uh, a woman's choice as much as it is defending life and being against murder and um, in addition to uh, uh, what Bella said here as well when we were on the subject of rape um, it is something that is very horrible it is something that um, should not happen anywhere um, but at, at, at the same time uh, women who do go through with abortions with like uh, instances that are maybe not uh, rape 
they they can come out of that with a lot of um, psychological problems because they, they start they, they can have uh, nightmares they have a lot of uh, mental problems afterwards um, and if this happens in addition to the trauma of the rape it, it, it really can amount to something where it, women are, are not they're on the losing end of society true. You know? and, and that's so true so you guys are relatively young well I'm old so tell us what your name is and how old you are you're 15. Wow, so young. 17. And your name and age? Um, Bella Garcia, I'm 15. And you? Sofia Seriego, 16. And you are? Aubrey. How old are you, Aubrey? 11. 11. And how old are you? 11. I'm 18. 17. Wow, so this is the pro-life generation. They're teaching us, they're showing me an old Catholic goddad. Um, what it is to be pro-life and for the people there who might not understand what Vox is who wants to tell us what Vox is? Vox Vitae means voice for life so we are a voice for life and what it stands for. Amen. Thank you guys so much. Thank you. So guess what guys I'm right here still in the plaza looking for people to talk to and most of the people I spoke to were like young people, the pro-life generation. And it's said that, you know, statistics is that the pro-life generation, actually people who are coming to One Life, are under the age of 30. You guys are under the age of 30, right? Yes. <laughs> and you are under the age of 30. <laughs> right. That's yes. Although, I always, I'm under the age of 30. I never grew past that. So, here, I want to ask you guys, why are you here? And why are you so passionate about being here? happening exactly at the same time. How do you feel about a lot of the women out there who are walking Women's March and are not pro-life? It makes me really sad because I feel like I could be in that march if they did not have um, the belief in abortion. So sorry. Uh, I would love to support all of women's rights, but I do not want to support the right to abortion. Do, now, do you feel that that the, the Women's March, all of a sudden everything with regards to the Women's March revolves around the choice to abort. Um, yeah, I think it's become a pretty integral part of their movement, um, which, yeah, I think is, is very sad just because there's a lot of this deception. And, um, yeah, a lot of these women have been lied to about what is the best thing for them so, um, and for their children. So, yeah, I think it's sad. So I have Catholic goddaughters. Both of my children are, are are women. What do you have to say to them? They're actually right here. They're in the front singing. So what do you have to say to them to continue their passion with regards to this movement? I think um, as women, we should just continue to strive to um, be just the fullness of who we are and the way that God made us. And that I think a huge part of that is our... with a child I didn't even recognize it so proud mom proud grandma 
how do you do it? How did you create such a beautiful woman who is such alive and passionate about life and so faithful? Thank you for being that and that humility in a mother. Thank you so much. So here's Catholic.dad in the middle of the pro-life march. And guess who he runs into? He runs into, actually we have a pa our parish priest, his father Suresh, he's from India. And we find this crew that's pro-life, St. Thomas the Apostle, Cyril Malabar, uh, Catholic, um, Foreign uh, parish in Santa Ana. And so that got me curious. What the heck is is Ciro Malabar? And and you guys are so pro-life. Tell us a little bit about what your church is about and, and, and educate us. So the Ciro Malabar Church is one of the Eastern, 20, one of the 23 Eastern Rite churches of the Catholic Church. Yes. And we're, we are headed by the major Archbishop George Allingeri. And so He's, he's essentially the head of the Sermon of our church. Just as Pope Francis, of course, Pope Francis is the head of the whole church. And, uh -huh. you know, we are under him. Just as Pope Francis is the head of the Latin Rite Church, mm -hmm. just just like that, uh, George Allinger is the head of the Sermon of our church. And so the Sermon of our church started when uh, St. Thomas the Apostle evangelized the coast of India. And from that arose a huge Christian community. And from that, that eventually, you know, became one community and... And then they were, everyone was one at one time. And then the, the Portuguese evangelized India. And so because of the forced Latinization of a lot of the liturgy, the that one group, you know, like split into a lot. And a lot of them don't approve of the of a Pope Francis successor of St. Peter. And But the Cyril Malabar Church is one of those groups that split and still maintained their unity with the uh, Mother Church. So they're in union with, with you know, the... With Rome, basically. Yes. yes, yes. All right. And so, here's my question: Is why are you guys here? Because we believe in life. We are Catholics, and we stand true to the teachings of the Church. And we truly believe that life starts at conception, ends at natural death. Amen. Now, a lot of people don't realize this, but when the disciples were sent throughout the world, Saint Thomas was sent and went to India. And, you know, is it true that his actual tomb and his actual remains are in India? And where is that? Yes, it is in India. I don't know the exact location. It is not It is not exact from where we're from, but it is... Here, let me look it up. I, I think right. probably Mylapur, somewhere around there. But his remains are in the tomb and you can go visit. So actually, if we wanted to go to pilgrimage and we want to go to India, because most people realize, oh, Indian, they must be Hindu. Uh, it's like, no, they're Christians. And so it's like... Interesting thing. And so in Kerala, there was essentially no education system. And so every, the whole education system in Kerala was actually started by St. Javrakuriyakos. And he was he was the one who also founded the CMI congregation, Carmelites of the Mary Immaculate. And so the thing, the way that you describe school in Malayalam, which is our mother tongue, is Parlikuram. And that's a literal translation of church gathering, right? And so it, essentially all education, formal education, was started by the, the Catholic Church in India. And we're, we're, they are the ones that brought education to everyone that and, and so that's beautiful because you guys are part of the 23 churches. And most people who are listening to this podcast only understand the Latin church. But you're part of that Eastern church. Yes. And so I, I think the thing, for, for especially for me as a... The good thing for me as an Eastern Rite Catholic is that I'm able to be a part of both of these communities. On Sundays and, you know, I belong to my parish and I'm able to celebrate the, the liturgy that our, our Rite celebrates. But at the same time, on the weekdays... I can, you know, I can go to Latin Rite parishes. That's where I go for my daily mass, and and you know, mingle with those those Catholics as well. And so, really, get a good taste of the different liturgies and experience the wholeness and fullness of the Catholic Church and how diverse and beautiful it is. So, Catholic Dad is Latin Rite, waiting for an invitation from someone from your church. Where's my invitation gonna be, and where is it, and who's gonna meet me there so I don't feel like awkward? 
you are always welcome. We have uh, Kurbana, that is what we call the Eucharistic celebration. Uh-huh. And so we have Kurbana every Sunday at 10 a.m. That one is in Malayalam, our mother tongue. And then there's most Sundays there's English Kurbana, which is celebrated at 11.45 a.m. And you are welcome anytime, preferably the English one, so you kind of understand what's going on. And we will all be welcoming you there. St. Thomas Aramore Catholic Church, Santa Ana. What's the address? I don't know it. Wait, wait, wait. What's the address? 5021 16th Street, Santana 92703. Leave it to the women to know. Exactly. So thank you so much for joining us in our podcast. It's wonderful for us to see that the Universal Church is truly universal. And then there is a variety of people. There's a variety of faiths. And you, my friend, tell us your name, how old you are, and and welcome our listeners to to your church. So my name is Saraj Sajo. I am 19 years old, a second year college student at University of California, Irvine. And anyone that is listening now, you are all very welcome at our parishing, at the address that has been told. (laughs) And we will be welcoming you with an open heart, open open arms, and we will... We are desiring to teach you of our liturgy and our history. And St. Thomas, who went there, is St. Thomas, the Apostle St. Thomas, the daughter. So no doubt, we are going to go to see you guys. Thank you so much. talking to some people at the La Placita Olvera Street for the young youth and young adult rally, we started walking towards LA um, Stain Historic Park and really spoke to some really, really great people. We got to the LA Historic Park where Archbishop Gomez said, One Life LA is more than one beautiful day. One Life LA is our vision for a new way of life, the vision for a society as God wants it to be. That was from Archbishop Gomez. And while there, we heard some really great testimonies from some really great speakers. And on the way back, we spoke to a couple more people before getting on the train to go back home with all the youth who came with us on this um, One Life LA March for Life. So we're walking back from this pro-life march. And right here, the person I have is the person who probably has the best sign that was brought here. It's actually Baby Yoda. And it says, all lives matter. And the other poster says, save the babies, this is the way. And as a person who loves the Mangalorean, this really connected. So, tell us what your name is, what church you come from, and why you're here. My name is Cynthia Rocha. I'm here with my husband. We're from St. Uh, John, the evangelist in Riverside, and uh, we're here to support all lives, especially those at conception. <laughs> wow, and you brought a child. You brought one of your children. What's his name? His name is Maximilian, under, after Maximilian Colby, and uh, yeah, he's here with us. He's two years old. So what do you have to say to those people who march today, the, the thousands of people who march today, and those people who weren't able to march today? What do you have to say to them? The ones that marched today was really good and it's very important right now. It's crucial to march at this time uh, because we're so close to closing down Planned Parenthood and possibly turning over Roe v. Wade. But for those that couldn't, hopefully next year or if not, throughout this year, that we get involved. Do you have a message for the people out there? Um, that you matter and that you have a purpose. And that's what we stand for as Catholics. All right. You know what she said. This is the way. 
So we made it to the train station. And at this train station, guess who I find? A bunch of guys called Estovir. And so I think these guys were in our very first episode of the podcast. So, so I want to ask you guys, how was your experience in this pro-life walk, march, One Life LA thing? Uh, I personally really enjoyed it. Uh, oh, that's cute. <laughs> uh, I really enjoyed it. Uh, just seeing how much like we oh, can bring awareness to the pro life and the community around it. Yeah. And uh, also, when we got to the park place thingy, uh, we walked around and found some medical sisters. Uh, Sister Isabel, Isabella. I don't know. I don't know. I wasn't there. But sister yeah, Isabel. Yeah. Sister, sister Isabel? Yeah, sister Isabel. Yeah. And they were from what religious order? Uh, I am not sure. What, what, what color was their habit? Uh, the brown? They, they were wearing brown. Completely yes. brown? No, they had a white... Uh, I don't know what that's called. I think they're Carmelites. So, what was your experience, David? Uh, I... Well, about with what, the whole thing or with the sister? Yeah, the whole thing. And the sisters. Uh, the whole thing was great. You know, marching. We waved at people who were looking at us from their uh, apartments. Uh, every time they waved at us, we cheered. We did chants. Uh, I saw a few friends from White Cast. I, well, actually, just two. But it was good. Nice, nice to see them. And then with the sisters, I saw that she had like a really long rosary on her side, and she said that the the beads are from a plant in Mexico. And once you drill a hole in them, or like they're all rough when they come in, but once you like you pray them, they become shiny. Wow. Wow. So Tim, what did you take from that? Did you get into any confrontations? Did anyone ask you any questions? And what, what, what did you do aside from lose your, um, your little earbuds there? Um, I didn't have any confrontations. Yeah, confrontation with food. Yeah, with food. The food was amazing. Food truck food is amazing. Yes. Would you be coming back next year? Yeah, I will. It was my first time here, and it was pretty cool. Just like the vibe, like you gonna invite other people? <laughs> huh? You gonna invite other people come with you next year? Yeah, probably. And this guy, Michael. Michael, how was your experience? Uh, this was awesome. My first year coming to Pro Life March, and it was a really good experience. It was, it was tiring, but it's really worth it to come and like help support our lives yeah. help witness so do you guys feel like you witnessed the people people saw you you showed yourself you showed your support do you feel people seeing you said wow these young people are active and they're the pro-life generation were you able to witness to people oh uh, yeah like while we were marching even on the walk back to the, to the metro uh, yeah, yeah metro link on the way on the walk back to the metro we were like showing off the posters still that we have so, uh, so, yeah. so what, what posters did you guys bring? What posters were the best that you thought that you saw out there? Because some of those posters got really creative. What were some of the coolest posters? One of our, so, we have a poster drawn by Leilani. It's a Baby Yoda and it says, Would you abort Baby Yoda? And she hand drew it. Uh, some of us helped her color. I don't know, I just thought it was like really creative and really cool. Very artistic. Very artistic. Yeah, I put so, it in half the A. Yeah, so this is amazing. It's like kind of like kind of like saying no, it's like, it's would you abort Baby Yoda? And I think most people there who are pro-choice would say no. But the thing is, they wouldn't abort Baby Yoda. But do you think they would abort babies? No. Repeat. Would you think people who are like so involved in like Mandalorian and Baby Yoda, because Baby Yoda is so cute, and like, would you think that most people would say, yeah, I wouldn't abort? baby yoda but you know it's still a woman's choice do you think people um still hold that and and if they hold that 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 kind of like conviction what do you have to say to them what would you say to them if they're like consecrating uh, abortion if they're pro-choice uh we all we're like god made us in his image and his likeness and we all like have a plan that he's given us and we don't have that we don't have the right to take that away from a child that is unborn. And we don't have the right to take away the whole life that, that is in front of them. How about you, Jared? What do you guys say with regards to people who are pro-choice, it's like a woman's choice, and Baby Yoda doesn't deserve to live? Well, the thing about Baby Yoda is 
of course they were gonna like it because first of all it's a baby. So why are you gonna kill off an actual it's a baby Yoda is just a character. But put that into terms with a real baby. But here's the thing, most people who say I need to abort, I, I, it's my choice to abort, don't consider the baby inside them with the fetus. They don't even consider that a baby. So what do you say to them? Natural conception to natural, natural conception to natural death. Natural conception. It's just a blob of cells. It's just a blob of cells. Can I, can I, can I talk to that? Cells are still living beings. So bacteria. Bacteria is a living thing. It's just a blob of cells. We're just blobs of cells. So I have like an illness and I have bacteria. I can't kill it? That's a good question, but we can't compare bacteria and cells. We can't we can't just compare that to human life. I'm glad that you guys are here because I truly believe that young men like you have truly something to say. Give me a second now, I need to get my story straight My friends are in the bathroom getting higher than the Empire State My lover, she's waiting for me just across the bar My seat's been taken by some sunglasses asking about a star I know I gave it to you months ago I know you're trying to forget But between the drinks and subtle things, the holes in my apologies The bar closes and you feel like falling down. I'll carry you home tonight. We are young. So we set the world on fire. We can grow brighter than the sun. As I sit here and reflect on what happened on January 18th, 2020, we walked, we listened to some great music, we had some great fellowship, talked about family, and on this season two of This Connected with Catholic.Dad, where it is about family, I couldn't help but look at the 2020 statistics, these abortion rates by state population. It was written as of November 5, 2019, you know, I retrieved this from the World Population Review, and I just want to share with you the top five states with regards to abortions. New York, 29.6% of its population aborted. That's 119,940 people. 30, 33% of the population aborted. They have 218 abortion facilities. New Jersey, their abortion rate is 25.8%. That's 44,460 people. That's a 30% rate of abortion. They have 79 abortion facilities. Maryland, right next door, their abortion rate is 23.4%. They had 28,140 people aborted last year. That's 28% of the population from 41 abortion facilities. In Florida, 20.6% abortion rate with 75,990 people aborted, 26% of the population, 86 abortion facilities. And in my own state, California, 19.5% abortion rate. That's an insane 157,350 people aborted. 24% of the pregnancies aborted. That's one in four pregnancies aborted. And we have 512 abortion facilities in California. Last year, in just those five states, 425,880 babies were aborted. You know, from LifeSite, from LifeNews.com, 
Since Roe v. Wade was passed in 1973, there have been 60,069,971 abortions in America. Now, this is a hard topic, and it's definitely one that needs to continue to be discussed. You know, we can't discuss it all here. So it's just sometimes we continue to pray, we continue to walk, and we continue to connect with others so that we can be heard. So that's all we have on this episode of This Connected with Catholic.Dad. We hope that this episode connected in one way or another. We hope that it allowed you to be open to a conversation, to be heard, to begin the healing process. If you like this episode or have a question or comment, please send us an email at catholic.dad50 at gmail.com. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and listen to our podcast. Ultimately, we want you to remember to live a life of holiness, and we will always be praying for you. And please pray for us. And most importantly, until next time, be blessed. And please, be third. This Connected Podcast is brought to you by The Cabin. Want to get away and get some peace and quiet and rest? Yes, rest but not too far away from home or the city? Want to experience a true log cabin feel in the mountains? Well, I have the recommendation for you. The cabin is a two-bedroom, one-and-a-half bath that will do just that. With a beautiful wood fireplace lit and a glass of wine, you are sure to relax. With easy access from the main highway, private parking, easy access with stairs to the entrance, fast Wi-Fi, A full-size kitchen and all the essential amenities will make your stay a memorable experience. This cozy log cabin was built in the early 60s with its original wood fireplace and a newly transformed deck with beautiful views of the San Bernardino Mountains. So, book your stay at the cabin in Running Springs, California. The cabin, located in the San Bernardino Mountains, is a beautiful place to see the beauty of God's creation. I have known the proprietor of the cabin for many years. She has always supported the youth and young adult ministries of her community, as well as this podcast. Check out The Cabin on Instagram at thecabin2021. Again, that's at thecabin2021, T-H-E-C-A-B-I-N 2021.